Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We, of course, all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood. And often, of course, as well, we may not feel good enough. I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. I'll tell you, I come about this today a little bit sad. Uh, I just am having a down day. So I say that so that when this podcast rolls out a little flat, you'll know why. (laughs) But I also say that because I think we are just amid a really unusual time in American politics and the discourse of what we're talking about, and that is specifically around firearm safety, firearm tragedies, and kind of what's been going on across the country. You know, I think all the rhetoric right now is that we're all so divided, that we carry such strong and opposing ideas and voices right now. And I'll tell you that Um, of anything. You know, I was at this um, staff celebration for Seattle Children's last night in a room full of pediatricians and surgeons, uh, radiologists, and physicians from across the organization. And a couple of different times, different docs came up to me almost just like with this, it's not a wink, but it's like this knowing smile. And And a number of people talked to me about the Parkland, Florida students. And ever since their voice rose up and has done such remarkable things for the conversation on firearm safety protection and legislation, there's been this just kind of handshake among pediatricians, I think, which is it's one of we're not at all surprised. Like we believe in children because we've had this privilege to serve them in exam rooms um, where they tell us some of their deepest worries, some of their deepest concerns, but also their profound intelligence and insight. You know, children, when they're in their teen years, come about very adult things in life, that being ideas, um, those being morals. I mean, I I reflect even on um, I fell deeply in love when I was 17 years old. It was a very, you know, it was my first love. It was a very real and very adult experience. I came about very strong political viewpoints while I was that age too. So, I think we're seeing, you know, the power of a young, kind of unfiltered, transparent, millennial, forward truth-speaking voice right now in America. Um, But it is on such a somber topic. And again, I think those who really uh, dedicate their lives to serving children are not surprised. I think there's some just delight in us that the child voice is unlike ever before. And I think the depth of intelligence and wisdom and emotional IQ even of teenagers is actually being unfolded. So I I kind of come to this topic of firearm safety in that vein, and I'm not going to talk about legislation or politics at all. In fact, I want to talk about the burden of firearm tragedies and injuries on children, and that being at the end of firearm-related suicide. In the United States, every year, about 1,000 children end their lives by using a firearm to kill themselves. So 1,000 children between age 10 and 19 die at the end of firearms because of suicide-related firearm tragedy. And that is the majority. That is the bulk of the way that children in this country die. Um, The bulk do not die in homicidal, let alone um, 
mass shootings, although we do know that those have been increasing in the United States. But over the last two decades, in addition, suicide rates for teenagers and young people have also increased. Um, Suicide is the second leading cause of death for children between age 10 and 17, but it's a leading cause of death between age kids 15 to 24. So if you include those kind of college-age kids as well, it is the number one way that that population dies in this country. And, And so when we think about what we can do, and this can feel overwhelming and, again, somber and sad that firearm tragedies, I think, touch so many of our lives. I mean, the first firearm tragedy that I remember in my own life is um, my uncle who commits suicide by firearm injury when I was just five years old. It's the first funeral that I remember. It's the first kind of family chaos and, like, profound sadness that I witnessed in life. Um, And then I have unfortunately been touched by firearm tragedies near and dear people in my life in the last decades. And even in the last week, you know, one of my very best friends lost two family members, um, potentially because of mental illness, from firearm-related uh, suicide and firearm-related death. So I think that um, this touches so many of us. I don't think any of us are immune, let alone protected from this. But I think that we can be. I mean, I think that's the big thing here. So if we know that the mass comes from, um, if the mass kind of uh, death, excuse me, comes from firearm suicide. Um, w- well, what do we do? Well, I think there have been a number of important things that have come out in the last couple of weeks. So I'm recording this in March of 2018. And just in the last couple of weeks, there was a study done in pediatrics, which is the large journal for the American Academy of Pediatrics, that evaluated, like, what's the safety of a child's home who has a child who's at risk for self-harm? Um, meaning that do they have risk factors of depression? Have they tried or wit- or mentioned that they were suicidal in the past? Do they have self-harm risk factors that even include things like conditions as diagnosed ADHD and or even family history of depression in the the household? And, And they looked at those families versus families who didn't have kids or teenagers living in the home who didn't have high risk scenarios for self-harm or, you know, suicide by firearm. And what they wanted to know was, are firearms stored differently? You know, there's a strong recommendation from the American Academy of Pediatrics, and and from me too, (laughs) that if you have anyone in your home who's suicidal or depressed, struggling with mental health challenges that include things like anxiety or other mental health diagnoses, there's a strong family history, um, or you have a child who might be at risk for self-harm of any kind, that it's not just storing your firearms differently, but I think you should get firearms out of the home, that we know that if you attempt or if you try to end your life by using a firearm, 90% of the time, you'll be successful, meaning that many people who try to end their life um, via an attempt at suicide don't end up dying if they're using other mechanisms. And most people who survive an attempt to end their life are grateful to be alive and reverse their thinking. So if we can connect those who need help with mental health and not have firearms in arms reach so that they end their life in a moment of tragedy or overwhelm, we do a ton of good. Now, the study in pediatrics really just looked at firearm storage. And what they found really is that over one in three households have a loaded, unlocked firearm in the house. So that means 
over, you know, over one in, th- I mean, one out of three, over 33% have that. Now, over 40% of most families who have children at risk or children who aren't at risk at mental health challenges or risk for self-harm um, have the same situation, meaning that those families who have kids that are at risk don't store firearms in any different way. So not only are firearms loaded and unlocked, they're not stored differently when there's at risk. So the kind of, you know, the editorial and that was written that goes along with this is really just illuminating. A big strategy we know is to get these firearms inaccessible to those who are at risk for attempting or who may consider ending their life. So we know that, um, you know, this is everywhere. And we know that on some level, this isn't just about legislation. This isn't just about the different kind of firearms that are available. Um, On an average day, almost 100 Americans, 96 Americans are killed with guns. Um, And, you know, 62% of firearm deaths are suicide at large. Uh, And we know seven children and teens die on a daily basis in this country, too, which is what makes up that number of 1,000 even um, dying by suicide. So I think the bottom line of this is um, without judgment, if you um, are really pro-firearm, pro-making sure you have the liberty to have firearms in your life, think carefully about people you know in your life, family members, and or protect those that if anyone in your home is struggling with significant or severe mental health challenges, anxiety, depression, suicidality, or other mental health challenges that make you think they're at risk for harming themselves. Don't only make sure that you're separating ammunition, that you're locking and using lockbox and trigger locks, but consider removing the firearms from a home until someone is well and connected to mental health professionals. You know, in addition, a study or a recommendation really came out of the Academy of Pediatrics, which is really represents over 60,000 pediatricians across the country, that you know, we know that about half of children who are depressed aren't diagnosed until they're adults which means we're missing so many of these kids who are at risk. So you may not even know your child is at risk, but if you've got concern, go in and talk to your pediatrician. We want every child screened for depression, suicidality, or you know concerns about significant or severe anxiety every single year starting at age 12 at their well-child check. So if you go in for that annual visit before you get kicked out of the room with your teenager, make sure that your provider is screening your child for depression. Every child deserves to be formally screened. And if you're concerned at all, go in and go back in if you're concerned about your child's mental health and then get those firearms out of homes when there is a concern. Lots of information online. I did um, some some blog content and some television segment on this too. And I'd love any comments that you have or ways that I can help with the messaging. But I'll tell you, I am so I am so settled and so impressed and not surprised about the teen voice right now in the United States. I believe it is much more powerful than my own. And I think from a legislation standpoint, that is what's happening. And that is really evident. So I think it's getting teens great information, listening to what they tell us, and then doing doing your best to help protect your own homes. The reality is, of course, parenting is a high stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from.